0: I feel like I just walked into the living room of my house. How y'all doing? Hey, what's up, bro? I can see you in a while, dog. What's going on? Yeah, hallelujah. Well, that's what church should be about, amen. It should be family. It should be, uh, man, we're happy to see each other because, uh, man, we live in a crazy, crazy world, amen, crazy world. So, man, I tell you, this is my favorite time of the week. Anytime I get with people that love Jesus, come on, man, it's got to be good, amen. I mean, no matter what you're going through, you can come in and, man, you hear stories from other people that maybe overcome, maybe people that are actually going through some things. You get to just learn from each other and you get to, you know, just kind of sharpen each other up and, and preach to each other and have a good time. And it just has always been some of my favorite times is to be able to come to church and just kind of sit in with people that uh, love Jesus. Amen. And maybe those that you think you love Jesus, uh, maybe you want to try this out, you know, hey, I mean, this is, this is a good start. You come in, you start, you know, learning a little bit because Jesus is the real deal. Amen. He is the real deal. But I'm also reminded that we have an enemy that really does want to defeat us. And I, and I don't know why, every time I get ready to preach, I always have this mindset that I want to do it as good as joel osteen how many of y'all like joel osteen i mean that guy man he just man when he speaks it's kind of like wow you just feel like everything in the world is going to be okay i mean he's just you, you mean gosh i mean you feel man he's just encouraging me and man i had a bad week and man he's just up there look i just it looks sharp i mean i don't even think he's got nothing messed up at all okay and i think man i want to get up here and i just want to kind of be eloquent i want to just say it really nice and sweet and then everybody go home and be happy but then I get to thinking about that devil <laughs> that ain't playing no games neither. And he's trying to attack God's people. He's trying to take us out, and he is real. And the greatest thing that the enemy wants all of us to believe is he don't exist. That's right. Amen? He wants us to believe he's not even here. That all this evil going on, it just happens. All the bad things we see going on in our personal lives, ah, oh, that just happened. No, no, no. It don't just happen. There is a plan behind the pain. There's a plan behind the pressure. He's trying to get us to quit, give up, throw the towel in. And the first thing he wants you to do is quit going to church. Quit God. Get that going on because he's, he's the problem. He's the one that's causing you to be sick. He's the one that's allowing all this to happen. It's all God doing this. So we're going to point to God right off the bat and get you in a position to where you quit him. Okay? Okay? Well, that's not going to happen, all right? And I encourage you, whenever you're going through something, whenever you're struggling, don't run from God. Run to Him, man. He is the answer to every problem you'll have in life. He really, really is. Now, I will say this. When you go and you talk to God in your private time, there's a good chance. Now, there may be an occasion, okay, that He speaks to you audibly. Hello, Belinda. I'm God. I've got your answer. That may happen. It's rarely it going to happen. And if you do have that happen, it's, it, it is special, okay? But God has given us a word for everything we go through in life. And if we will go to him and we'll ask him to get involved in the affairs of your life, I promise you, you will see those things begin to change over a period of time. You may not hear it right then, but you've allowed him access to your life. And when you do that, things happen for the good. Amen? Are y'all excited to be in church? Hallelujah. Are y'all excited about starting a new series about your big fat mouth? And I say that boldly. And I'm talking to me as well. We all sometimes have a real big fat mouth. Okay? I mean in capital letters. Has anybody in this room ever opened up your mouth and began to talk for a little while, and as you're going through the conversation, you realize that you are absolutely destroying the atmosphere? Or maybe you opened up your mouth and said, oh, are you pregnant? Uh, no, I'm fat. I've never had that happen because I took the advice of people that did do that. <laughs> so when I see any woman with a little pooch, I just mind my own business. Amen. (laughs) How you doing today? Doing all right. Hallelujah. I mean, seriously. I mean, we've all opened our mouth and inserted the foot, and it's not a good feeling. Well, I'm here with good news. Today, you can change a lot of that, because God is the author of forgiveness. Hallelujah. He will forgive you. He will restore you, and He will help you change that, because I'm going to tell you something. Your mouth controls your destiny. Everything that comes out of your mouth is forming your world. Either for the good or for the bad. What we say is either being used for us or it can be used against us. You know, the court system didn't come up with that, okay? They got that from God. God is the one. He's the original judge. He's the original. He's the one that's got the original courtroom. And these small courtrooms we see, they're just trying to duplicate and try to cause us to live in a peaceful society where everybody don't kill each other. I mean, thank God we have police officers and we do have some people walking around helping us keep some order. Because I'll be honest with you, if, if all the police officers were to go on strike, I don't even—I think I'd go on strike with them. Man, come on, hallelujah, I'm going to march with y'all. Because I'm telling you, this world is so much anger and hatred and bitterness, man, going on that I think, man, people would just do some crazy stuff. But what I want to talk about and what I really want to focus in on this whole series is our big fat mouth. I want us to sit back. I want us to learn and realize that the enemy gets access by your words. You give him access to your life by what you say. What you say. And a lot of times we don't put two and two together. Something's not going right in our life. And you think you're doing everything right. That's why Paul says in Corinthians examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Because I can tell you right now, a lot of us don't realize that when you're talking about somebody, the enemy's walking in the door in your life. You may think it's all good, and you know how it is when you're talking about somebody and then they're kind of responding. You know, there's a lot of, you know, it's good. You know what I mean? Like, oh, so you agree. Okay, let's just keep going. I mean, maybe we can get something out of this. And the the devil's over there high-fiving demons going, wow, I love it. Okay, y'all get that cancer ready. You got it? Okay, good deal. Keep talking. You're doing a good job. But we don't realize that by us doing little things, it opens the door for him to come in. And I want you guys to win in life. How many of y'all want to win? How many of you know that the devil's going to knock on your door just like he knocks on my door? And how you respond in those moments when tragedy or when struggle, when things like that hit your family, how you respond to them has everything to do with how long it stays. I mean, I'm not saying it's easy. There's going to be moments in your life to where you want to say some things. And you want to say some things that ain't really faith-building material, and it's not going to help your situation. I get it. The pain's real. The struggle's real. But we need to know that God, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we're only walking through it. Everybody does. There's nobody that gets on this planet that don't walk through a valley sometime in their life. The problem is, is a lot of times because we don't spend time in the Word. We don't spend time renewing our mind. We don't spend time watching our words. We don't spend time being quiet. We don't spend time watching our big fat mouth. That when we do get in the valley, we say everything we shouldn't say to get us out of the valley. We say everything that we shouldn't say, I mean, to stay in the valley. We just stay there and we talk like everybody else. And it's real easy to do. You go to work. Man, can you believe this political atmosphere? Ain't it awful? Yeah, man, I tell you, that Donald Trump sucks. Yeah, I know, he does, yeah. I tell you what, that whole Democratic Party, what's wrong with them? Yeah, they're crazy. What about that Republican Party? They ain't got their minds on right. What about that quarterback? Man, that guy for the Falcons is a jerk. He ain't no good coach. And see, we think we're all just doing this as ha, 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 ha. You don't realize something, but you are entertaining things that you don't need to be entertaining. There's devils and demons that are ready to get involved with your life, and they want us to talk like this. They want us to act like this. I mean, do I agree with everything that's going on in our country? No. But last time I checked, this country didn't save me. This country don't provide for me. This country does nothing for me. It does. I love it. It's free. I love, it. I love our country. But I'm telling you, I don't look to men and women to fulfill my needs. I don't. I don't do it at all. Why? Because if I look to men and women to meet my needs, what's going to happen? I'm going to be let down. I'm going to be let down every time. And I'm telling you guys, we put way too much faith, we put too much trust in human beings. Okay? Get your eyes off of that. That's where the enemy wants you to focus in on. He wants you to really get gazing upon a lot of this stuff. It distracts us off of getting in the Word and building up our faith because he knows he's got something coming your way. And if he can get you off the Word and get you on some political stuff, get you on some worldly stuff, he can get you surrounded by that. When he comes in with the attack, your faith won't be strong enough and you will fall. That's his game plan, guys. That's the part that we don't see. We're only looking through our eyes. I can't believe what's going on. I can't Look, what you see can change. What you see in this natural world is subject to change at any moment. Any moment. It can change. It can change. You was once sick, now you're healed. It can change. It can change. Don't get your mind on those things. Amen? So with that being said, we're going to talk today about a really popular subject. One that you guys have probably never participated in probably has never came out of your mouth at all. I mean, when I say this word, you're probably going to go, man, I have never done that. Glory to God. Man, I thought I was going to get scolded or something get rebuked or corrected. We're going to talk today about lying. Has anybody ever lied? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we all have. We all have lied. Have you ever noticed... Um, That, you know, little kids, as they grow, you don't have to teach them how to lie. (laughs) You ask them, hey, did you do that? Uh uh. (laughs) They did it. (laughs) I didn't do it. Have we all been guilty? Amen. For adults, it it changes. I'll see you at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock comes and goes. Where are you at? 1030. 1045. What? What is that called? You lied. you lied. You lied. But see, if we don't learn to stop it when we're young, it just continues to elevate as we go through life. And we just act like it's okay. Hey, you know what? If that phone calls for me, Belinda, just tell them I'm not here. <laughs> I'm just gonna vanish. I'm gonna disappear. Oh, hello. How you doing? Yeah. Oh man, Nathan's not here right now. Nathan's not here right now. Uh, can I get a message? <laughs> Where am I at? I'm right here. What is she doing? She's lying, and I'm encouraging her to lie. And we're Holy Ghost filled Christians, loving Jesus. Ain't no big deal. It's a little white lie. Little white lie. No big deal. No big deal. Why do I say this? Because there's so many Christians, when they go through things, (laughs) they don't realize why things are happening. And we never, ever want to look in the mirror and think that maybe I have a part to play here. Maybe my tongue is being used for the wrong thing. Maybe my big, fat mouth needs to get trained a little bit. Welcome to Revolution Church. We love you. We want to see you grow and become all you're called to be. (laughs) Hallelujah. But seriously, guys, I mean, we really do got to watch this. It's a big deal. The average person tells a lie four times a day. Now, this message is designed for Christians, okay? So if you're here today and you don't know Christ, we want you to know that when you become a Christian, um, we don't lie. See, if you're not a Christian, that's a, you, you don't know not to lie, drink, cuss, sleep around, do whatever. I mean, that's just what you do when you're a sinner. And trust me, I, I did all that. But when you become a Christian, one of the things we highly encourage people to stop doing is uh, lying. Okay? And uh, they did a study. The University of Massachusetts did a study. And 60% of the people that they surveyed could not even have a 10-minute conversation without lying. You know, we're laughing because we know it's real. And lying's not necessarily just telling the big lie, the obvious one. Sometimes it's just exaggerating. You know, the fisherman that caught the tadpole. <laughs> Ten years later, that thing's hanging on his wall, about 25-pound bass. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this just goes on all the time. I shot a doe. Well, I think it had one spike on it. No, it really had 10 points on it. That's a big deer. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we have these exaggerations, and man, I'm telling you, it's just sad. I mean, we live in a world today where we hear the term fake news. Has anybody ever heard that? Okay. Well, let me tell you something. That's not just news. That is TV. That is fake lives, fake, you know, we we pretend to be fake a lot. Fake is used in more areas than just news. I mean, it goes on all the time. And I'm telling you guys, it is a real thing that we have got to put an end to in our own personal lives. We can't control the outside, but we can't control the inside. The world needs to see Jesus, guys. And how many of you know when Jesus was on the earth, do you think for one minute that he maybe exaggerated a little too much? Maybe he just didn't want to tell the disciples the truth because they couldn't handle it. So I'd probably be better off just going ahead and lying to them. Is the Son of God known for lying? Never would the Son of God lie to anybody ever, 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 ever. Matter of fact, the Son of God, if you read about Him, He would share the truth, and a lot of times it caused a lot of people to walk away from Him because it was for their good to hear the truth. Man, it's awful quiet in here. Hallelujah. Come on, guys. (laughs) Man, we're going to get better. We're going to stop lying today. We're not going to lie no more. Hallelujah. Nathan Gibbs is not a liar. I'm not a liar. I don't tell lies. I don't tell lies. I'm not saying I, I, I've never told a lie. I'm not saying that I might not tell a lie later. I mean, mess up. You know, we all make mistakes. I'm just saying right now, my confession is I'm going to be like Jesus. And I'm going to tell the truth. And a lot of times, if we would just do right things, it won't put us in a position to have to lie. Right. It's usually when you're not doing something you should do and somebody catches you and calls you out on it, you go, I oh. don't What are you talking about, man? We begin to want to lie to make ourselves what? Look good. I mean, man, come on. You're always going to be the superstar of your story. I mean, come on. If you're you're in a movie, you want to be the, the hero. You don't want to make yourself look bad. Well, sometimes we need to just humble ourselves at the cross and say, God, you know what? I need your help. When you lie, you lose credibility with others. Why? Because it questions everything else you may have said. When you tell a lie, to somebody then it begins to question everything that you had said up to that point and also if you say anything else from that point like if I catch Belinda in a lie in our marriage and she lies to me I'm not saying I won't ever trust her again but how many of you know that it's going to take a little time because I don't know when we have a conversation again she may be lying to me again right You have that in the back of your mind. It's with your kids, it's with your employees, your employer, it's with everybody in life. When you lie, you begin to lose credibility with those people in your life. And it takes a while to get that back. That's why it's so important that we don't lie. Lie destroys people's lives, guys. It does. I mean, even if you think you're getting away with it for a little while, (laughs) you're not. I mean, what if the last words out of your mouth was a lie? And then you drop dead. And now you're standing before the king of kings. Oh, how you doing, Jesus? <sighs> you didn't hear that, right? Because you never die. There's nobody in this room that's going to die. You're living forever. <laughs> you're going to live forever. Yeah. So the last words you said to somebody, it was a big, bold lie. You had a heart attack and you died. and You're standing before the master. Now, that don't mean you're going to hell. Uh Uh-uh. You ain't going to go to hell. I mean, I'm not saying that. It's not a hell issue, but it is an issue to where you're going to look at the master and go, Whoa, that wasn't good. That ain't good at all. But if we live the life of telling the truth all the time, would that not represent the truth, Jesus? Because he was labeled the truth. So if we could be good to the community around us and to the society and to the people in our lives, we could be people of the truth and not of a lie. How does God feel about lying? Let's turn to Proverbs 6, verse 16. I want you all to underline this particular portion in your Bible. Uh, man, it's only going to be a few. Verses. I want you to underline these because or make a note in your, your U version, highlight it, whatever, because you need to memorize this. But there is six things, even seven things that are repulsive to God. Verse 17, a proud look, the attitude that makes one overestimate oneself and discount others, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that creates wicked plans, feet that run swiftly to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, even half-truths, and one who spreads discord, rumors among the brother. Did you know that two out of those seven are referring to what? Lying. A lying tongue. God despises it. He wants nothing to do with it. You did notice that it didn't say in there, God hates liars. No, it didn't say that in there. And I will say that too. We do not hate liars. We hate lying. Because lying destroys lives. Anything that brings destruction, wouldn't a good father that he is, want to say, hey, guys, don't do this. Because if you do this, and we're going to get into some practical things here in a minute, okay? So you may not tell the big lie, but I believe we're going to hit everybody in the room with some of the things that we need to correct. And why do I want you to correct? Why do I want you to watch your mouth? Because life and death flow out of it. And if life and death flow out of your mouth, then it's very important to all of us that we speak life over every situation. We're told to talk like God, not like the world. Period. In every situation. Well, you don't understand my situation right now. The pressure's on. It's hard. Man, I mean, my body's not feeling good. My finances are a wreck. My kids are crazy. My wife's crazy. My husband's crazy. The job stinks. I mean, it's a bad life right now, Nathan. You don't understand what I'm going through. I do know this, that you can shut up talking that You can change your conversation and begin to start coming out of the valley just by getting to speak something different. Create a positive world around you. Begin to say life-giving words. And watch the Word of God that comes out of your mouth begin to change the situation. In a year, you may not be at the same job. In a year, your whole family could be serving God. You know what I'm saying? Things can happen if we'll speak God's Word in those situations. I mean, why am I passionate about this? Because, man, I've seen this work in my own life, man. I know. I've been through the fire. I've been through the flood. And I will go again. But I can tell you this. I have went through that fire and flood. I guarantee you when I face another one, I'm going to be much stronger. If I stay in God's Word. Man, our faith is it grows by spending time in God's Word. When you don't spend time in God's Word, your faith gets weaker. You can't live on your faith or live on that scripture that you heard and was revealed to you five years ago only. You've got to continue to build upon that. You need to know that when you get saved, guys, you step out of a one world and you step into another one called the kingdom of God. Well, when we step into this place, we have to learn how this world operates. This world operates big time on what you say will change your world good or bad and God is constantly trying to get his people to speak like him because he knows the more you get of him in you and his word in you the more you're going to act talk and be like him and when you you act like Jesus never faced any trial or tribulation when he was on the earth well did he just cave in when he was you know in the boat and the winds and the waves were just whirling around it was about to sink the whole I mean I'm sure that was a scary scene guys I mean, I've watched some movies to where they've had some situations where the waves are just going crazy. That looks pretty intimidating. So he could have said something else, but he chose to speak the word to the storm. And many of us in this room, you may be facing a storm now. You may have just came out of a storm. Or maybe you're getting ready to head into a storm. But I can tell you what, we can do the same thing that Jesus Christ did because we're his. And if it worked for him, it'll work for us. But if you're lying all the time, (laughs) if you're just telling lies and half-truths and you exaggerate and you're doing all that all the time, then guess what? You ain't going to believe God's word because you don't even believe what you say. And I can tell you what, if you don't believe what you say, I guarantee you, you ain't going to believe what he says. I'm telling you, it's true, guys. And it's weighty and it's heavy. And I know many of us may be thinking about this stuff. But all I'm saying is, guys, look, man, there is life on the other side of that struggle. There's good things on the other side of that. But we got to be willing to do it the way God's told us to do. And we can't lie. We can't lie. We can't lie. Hallelujah. You know, Paul addressed this in the New Testament in Ephesians 4.21. He says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, He says, throw off your old sinful nature and your formal way of life. That means when you come to Jesus, what was old gets thrown into a closet or a dumpster. We don't carry on anymore that old way of living. He says, which is corrupted by lust and deception. So before Christ, lust, deception. Now look what happens after. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like who? God, truly righteous and holy. Now watch this last verse here. He says, stop telling lies. Let us uh, tell our uh, neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. Stop telling lies. Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus. This church at Ephesus, was uh, uh, Jesus wrote them a letter in Revelation chapter 2. And this church right here was kicking, Church of Ephesus, which many believe was pastored by Timothy. And, uh, and Jesus' mother attended this church, scholars say. So this church was hopping and popping and good things were happening. But it was one thing that Jesus said in the letter to them. He said, you've lost your first love. Could it be they lost their first love because they were lying? They were telling lies. Friends, lies stops God in his tracks towards you. You stop the blessing of God coming your way when you lie. When you open your mouth and you begin to tell lies, and listen, everybody in this room, when you've went to tell a lie, deep down inside of you, you knew what you were sharing wasn't right. Especially if you're a born again believer. Because the Bible says in 1 John, which we've been doing 1 John, you know, on Sunday nights, John was saying, look, your heart will condemn you when you're getting ready to do something you shouldn't do. I didn't say Jesus would condemn you because there's no condemnation in Christ. Your own heart, the safety mechanism down in here, will condemn you and say, no, don't do that. Why is he doing that? Because he knows you're getting ready to stop something God wants to get to you, and you're going to allow the enemy to get something to you that you don't want. And we live in a world today that just wants to point toward God as the problem. Why is God allowing all this stuff to happen? Why is God letting all this stuff happen? And we don't have a clue that it ain't God letting it happen. Could it be we're letting some things happen? Because last time I checked, God ain't gossiping. He ain't lying. He ain't talking bad about people. He ain't doing things He shouldn't do. Now, God's grace and mercy is there just like a little baby when a little baby's born. What do we have to do for a little baby? We have to do everything for them. We have to change their diaper. We have to feed them. We have to do all this thing, and it's fun. But, man, when they're 17 years old and you're still changing a diaper, you've got a problem. And if you're trying to feed them still, you've got a problem, okay? They grow up, and they kind of on their own like all of us adults are now. We're out on our own. We're doing our own thing. We're responsible for our actions, well, the same thing with God. When you get born again, He takes you under His wing and He kind of does everything for you. He helps you out. He helps you out. But all the while, He's wanting you to get the Word of God to grow. Because Jesus said, we don't live off bread alone. We live off every word from the mouth of God. So we get grow. we get stronger spiritually. And then God wants to release us to be able to go out and do things. But there comes a time and a point in our lives where we've got to be accountable for our own actions spiritually. And then we got to quit saying, well, I go to church. I come to church faithfully. I do all this stuff, but you're not putting this stuff in you and actually doing it on a daily basis. You want your world to change, start acting like Jesus. I'm telling you, man, it will change. It will change. Hallelujah. You know, you may not never be more like the devil than when you lie. You may not be more like the devil... Than when you lie, Jesus explained it this way in John eight forty four. He said, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. One translation says, speaks his native language. That means that's how he talks. The devil don't tell the truth. If he is sharing something with you, it's only to deceive you. There is no truth in it. It's geared towards getting you to be deceived. Then he says, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now, if anybody would know the devil, it would be Jesus. He knows the devil better than we all do. He was actually with the devil, our Lucifer, in heaven. So he has a real good, you know, mindset of who the devil is. And he's given us an insight here that when you lie... You're literally acting like, at that moment, your father, the devil. I know that's a hard reality, but it's one we need to keep in front of us. That when you lie, you're literally speaking his native language. You're talking his lingo. And how many of you know if you talk like the devil, you're possibly going to act like the devil, (laughs) and you're going to live like the devil. But if we talk like God, and we live like God... We're going to get what God has to offer, and it's good things. Well, I've got a, uh, in your notes there, we've got like a three-point plan that the devil has for each and every one of us that I just wanted to kind of go through, and then we're going to give God's plan, so I'm not going to leave you hanging, you know, it's all about the devil, because it ain't all about the devil. Okay, I just want to expose him for who he is, because Isaiah tells us that when we all die and we're standing up there with God, we're going to look at this devil, and we're going to say, is that what deceived the nations? Is that what caused me problems? The devil roars like a big lion. But guys, he is a little bitty mouse. Little bitty mouse. And I'm telling you guys, we have been given the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ over every situation, over every issue that may come your way. You have been given the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's nothing we can't face and go through. Nothing. Nothing. There is no impossibilities with God. I'm telling you, everything that may seem to be impossible is not with our great God. We can go through it every single time. But the first one is, the devil tries to get you to lie. He wants to try to get you to lie. Have you ever been pressured? And you feel like, man, I I, I don't know if I can tell the truth right here. This ain't good. I could lose my job. I mean, I I might get on restriction. I may, you know, something bad could happen. Have you ever felt that pressure? I mean, there is a real-life pressure when you're faced with, man, if I tell the truth, it could not be good for me. And we just go ahead and tell a lie. And then they believe it, and then we walk away and go, man, thank you, Jesus. We don't say thank you, Jesus, but you know, <laughs> you go, wow, I got out of that one. <laughs> So the, 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 the first thing the devil does, he tries to get us to lie. He tries to get us to I- I- exaggerate a story to impress our friends. He may try to get you to cheat on a test. He may get you to lie about where you were. Whoa. Hey, wasn't you over there? Didn't I say you You said you was going to go there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was there. Oh, no problem. Yeah, I was there. You wasn't there. <laughs> that's, that's a big one. Okay. I mean, that goes on with adults, just students as well. Make up something about someone. Tell partial truths, leave out details. I remember a long time ago, guys, when I first started doing trim, I was doing a uh, punch out. That means I would go into a house and I would do a little punch out. I wouldn't really actually trim in the whole house. I was just doing, you know, just kind of finishing up the house that the trim guys had started. And I remember I had developed this good relationship with this builder. Uh, we had a lot in common. We talked a lot and I was there every day. So we kind of become, you know, fairly good friends. Well, I remember I was working in a house, and I remember that my nail gun, I'd shot a nail out of it, and it actually damaged the side of the cabinets, okay? And then I felt bad about it, <laughs> you know, uh, but I was a young believer. I have a little grace here. I'm sharing, you know, <laughs> really before I really, uh, but anyway, uh, so the builder finds out about it, and he says, man, who did that? Man, that's a, that's a bad scratch inside that cabinet. I'm gonna have to get that whole cabinet replacement. who did that? And he was kind of upset. And I remember vividly, we was in the, the construction trailer. I remember vividly like it was yesterday. I said, well, man, I don't know. I don't know who did it. I don't know who did it. And I left, you know, because I'm thinking, well, me and him still good. We all right, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't know if I was going to have to pay for it or what, you know I mean? I hadn't been working with this guy that long. So uh, anyway, I start walking down the road to go back to the house to do my work. Man, it was just something all over me. I said, man, you got to go back and tell them that was not Right. So, man, to the, by the grace of God, I turned around and went back in that trailer, and I said, you know what, ma'am, <laughs> that was me. I did that to that cabinet. And do you realize that that guy was so compassionate to me? It was so great. But at the moment, I felt like, man, he was going to kick me off the job. I was going to lose my job. I felt like, man, all hell was going to break loose if I told him the truth. But that wasn't the case at all. I told him the truth, and he had compassion. But there was pressure there in that moment. The devil was pushing me, tell a lie, tell a lie. You don't want to tell him the truth. So the first thing he'll do is he'll try to get you to lie. And then the second thing he'll try to do is get you to lie to yourself. Now, a big one. You start rationalizing, you know, the situation, and then you start what we call double-downing on lies, or you begin to lie to cover up a lie, and then to cover up that lie. And then sometimes you forget what you originally lied about. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We didn't lie so much. I don't even know if I I might be telling the truth right now instead of a lie. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it happens. It's almost like, and you know, and it's almost always the case that when you are lying, you think you're getting away. But the whole while you think you're getting the way, the devil's over here going, okay, I'm setting up a way that they can be exposed. I'm going to expose them in maybe a day or a week or maybe five years or whatever. You're going to be exposed. And then you're going to feel really, really bad because you lied to somebody and you lied to yourself. But you, I mean, people will lie to themselves and believe their own lie. I mean, I worked with a guy. I'm telling you, he was notorious, great trim carpenter. But I mean, throughout the whole company, don't believe nothing he says, man. Don't believe nothing he says. And I'm not talking about from one. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about people that went to school with the kid. No, 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 no. Don't believe nothing he says. Man, how would you like to be... Does anybody know anybody like that, man? You just say, oh, oh. <laughs> when they start talking, you might as well go ahead and hit the, uh, man, we out of here button, man. They, they, they lying, amen? But seriously, I mean, it's, it, he was known for that. And I was like, wow, man, this ain't good at all. You know what I'm saying? I liked the guy. Man, he was a good trim carpenter. So I got what I could out of him. I just, you know, kind of went along with his stories and stuff, shook my head and all that. But we've all had people like that, amen? They just kind of, they lie, they lie, they lie, they lie, they lie, and that's a bad place to be, man. You convince yourself that... That what you're doing is okay. And then there's people too, even Christians, they will convince themselves that the way they're living is okay. They will lie to themselves. The devil will have them lie to themselves. Oh, this ain't that bad. It's okay for me to do this. You mean, there's other Christians that do it. I guess it's okay. And you begin to buy into that lie. Hallelujah. Third thing the devil tries to do, and this is a big one right here. He tries to get you to live a lie. Live a life. That I means you claim one thing, but you live something totally different. And I know that this is not all of you, but this this could be some of you guys. To where you're out there and you say that you're a Christian and you love God, but yet your lifestyle's not revealing this. And this is one of the most, I'm telling you, as a pastor and, and as a leader of a church, I guess this is one of the biggest things that just kind of hurts my heart is to know that there is people that would leave this church building and say they love Jesus, but when they walk out there they don't look nothing like Jesus. I mean you're saying one thing, but you're living a lie. And guys, that is the most dangerous place to be is actually living a lie. You got a Christian guy at the office and everybody, you know, knows he goes to the church and he's a good guy and, and you know, or he, he portrays to be a really good guy, but at home he's addicted to porn. Can't cut the porn, pornography off or treat his family bad. Same thing with a woman. It could be at you know, work being all this you know, really good person, then go home and just treat the family bad or, or just do things that ain't right. These little closet sins, you know, these ones we only bring out when it's just us and us. <laughs> you know, nobody's around. We're good, man. We're right, man. Click, 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 click. You know what I'm saying? When it's not, it's not real at all you got these pictures on Instagram, and it looks like these people have amazing lives. I mean, does anybody take a picture of a messed up broken life? Or a meal that has rats coming out of it? No, no. Everybody takes pictures of everything, themselves included, the mirror selfies. I guarantee you there's people that get in the mirror, and they take probably 40 or 50 pictures before they go, that one will work. I'll go with that one. And I'm going, really? So really... We have this picture on Instagram or Facebook of lives that are so great. But behind the scenes, they could be fighting depression, anxiety, fear. These are the things you don't see. You're living a lie. You're portraying one thing, but really you're another thing. You're a mom who has it all together on Pinterest. You know, you and your kids matching outfits or whatever. Y'all look so cool. Everything's going good. But that mother could be all by herself, lonely, fighting depression, you could have a perfect marriage in front of people. Oh, we love each other. Woo! Belinda, you rock. Nathan, you rock. But yet we sleep in two different beds. I'm serious, guys. Living a lie. We don't sleep in two different beds. I can promise you that, okay? <laughs> Christians, um, student on Sunday, but talk ugly, cuss, disrespectful, and act like others at school. Y'all got that beat? We got it going on. Hallelujah. The devil's plan is to get you to lie, get you to lie to yourself, and get you to live a lie. And then like I said, my biggest concern is that some here today that are saying you're a Christian, but you're not. You're not living out what you say you believe. You are living a lie that says you can live any way you want to and still be a Christian. And that is a capital letters, big, fat lie. First John 2. Dwayne, you'll like this. 1 John 2. Verses 3 through 6, I want you all to lean into this right here because this is pretty intense. John says, we know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commands. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not do what He commands is a what? Liar. Liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys His word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in Him. Whoever claims to live in Him must live as Jesus lived. We are not saved by works, but our works reveal our true commitment to Jesus. You're saved by grace. It's the grace of God that saves you. But how do I know you're saved? Because Jesus said, I could judge a tree by the fruit it bears. So there is a part of you I can judge. And that is what fruit is falling from your tree? And if you say you're a Christian, I need to be seeing some, you know, Jesus fruit falling off the tree. Don't you think? I mean, if you're a devil, I mean, you go to the bars and you go to where these these people that don't live for Christ. You see their fruit. Hey, you mother, you son of a man, what you doing, man? Come on, mama. Let's get down tonight. You see their fruit. They don't hide their fruit. They let everybody in the world know about their fruit. Okay. But Christians, man, sometimes we hide it. We want to blend in. But we don't need to do that. John tells us we need to look like Jesus. We need to live like Jesus. And we need to do what Jesus did if we say we know Him. Now if you say you don't know Him, well then all bets off. You can do whatever you want to do. You're free. You'll get a few days on earth to live like you want to. And then next thing you know, you're going to be standing before the one you didn't want to be like. And then you're going to wish you would have dressed like Him. (laughs) And changed your clothes before you left. Hallelujah. We have people. I mean, this is true, guys. We have people in our life that we follow. We listen to their music. We watch the movies and and shows they're in. We follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We have sports teams we follow and know a lot about them. Oh, yeah. And in some cases, we even dress like our favorite team. Got the hat, the shirt. Some people have shoes and pants and everything. I see them. They deck it out. And we, we, we dress up. We follow these people in our life. We follow them on Instagram and, and Twitter. We follow people in our lives. And we know so much about them. I mean, man, you can see when you hit a gold mine or you hit a gusher with somebody, when you bring up an artist or a team or something, and man, it's like it's on, baby. I've been waiting to tell you all the stats, figures, and everything else about that team. But what about Jesus? This world does not need another sports fan. My team won yesterday. Georgia Bulldogs. They won. Means zero to me in my daily life. It was fun. It was entertainment. But you know what? When I cut that TV off last night, I cut it off. It's done, man. It's time to move on. It's time to look at something else. Because I'm telling you guys, we live in a world full of entertainment. And a lot of times people, when they go through struggles in life, you know what they run to? Entertainment. To fill a void that only Jesus can fill. To fix a problem that only Jesus can fix. Drugs, alcohol, entertainment, all of those will never fix you. They will only lead you further, further into the problem. I remember one time I was in a bar as a Christian. (laughs) Do y'all go to bars regular? Good. This was way back when, okay? But I remember sitting in that bar, shouldn't have been there, but I was in the bar, and I felt God speak to me, you know, God goes to the bars, and he spoke to me, and he said, Nathan, do you see all those people on that dance floor, because they were lit, okay, they were, most of them people probably wouldn't dance in in front of nobody, but man, you get a little bit of alcohol in them, man, things get to moving, I mean, boy, we get some stuff rolling around, baby, you know what I'm saying, (laughs) people, it looks fun, even though they can't do it, you know. But as they were doing it, it was like the Holy Spirit said, Nathan, look, do you see all those people doing that up there? I said, yeah. look like they're having fun. He said, there's so many up there that are depressed, don't know how they're going to pay their bills, their families are a wreck, but on the external it looks like they're having a blast. Alcohol is only a temporary fix. Drugs are only a temporary fix to a much bigger problem. And you thought you had a problem, before you started that but now you end up having a problem in other areas of your life because you reached for the world's goods to try to solve a spiritual problem hallelujah why do we lie does anybody know why we lie hey like, well, i don't lie we don't man well, we have different reasons we lie, but we must discover what is the root. If you find out what the root of the problem is, then you can fix anything in life. If we can ever de- define, I mean, like if you go to get your car fixed, well, guess what? They want to find out what the root of that problem is. Okay, and they want to get to that problem. If you go to, you know, to, to the doctor and you get something checked up, you know, a lot of times they're looking for what caused that to happen. You know, because they know if they can fix the, the, the cause of it or the root of it, they might they have a chance of fixing everything. If we can discover the root of every lie we tell, we're going to find freedom there. Well, I got this down in your notes here. It says the root reason most of us lie is because we don't completely trust God and His Word. And that is, again, to Christians. We don't trust God and we don't trust His Word. Why? Because you don't trust you and you don't trust your Word. It all starts with you. If you don't believe you, you're not going to believe God. And if you're lying all the time, you're telling half-truth all the time, you're exaggerating all the time, well, you're going to think God's like you. And, honey, He ain't. He ain't nothing like us when it comes to stuff like that. God says what He means, and He means what He says. That way, when you're facing a situation and death is knocking at your door, sickness and disease is knocking at your door, you're going to stand up and you're going to speak like your father, and you're going to see that sickness leave like He would. You're going to see poverty leave like he would. You're going to see depression leave like he did. But that's if we're built up in him. That's if we're not just telling a bunch of lies and exaggerating stuff like that. We believe the lie that our lie will work better than the truth. We lie to cover up our sins. Your sins will be exposed eventually. I promise you. We lie to make us look good. You're going to get caught and you're going to look horrible. And we've all been on that side. Okay? Okay? It sounds good for a while, but when you get busted, it's terrible. We lie to get a promotion or a new position, and then you must keep lying to keep it. Anything that's built on a lie, you're going to have to sustain it with a lie. You're going to have to keep on lying. And I had this happen one time. There's a guy come out there to work for us. Told our boss that he knew how to do stair work. He knew how to do handrails. He knew how to do pickets and the stairs. He told him that he knew he knew how to do all that. That guy didn't have a clue. And I remember talking to him one day, and he said, man, Nathan, I was talking to Billy, and he said, man, I don't know nothing about this stuff. <laughs> I'm thinking, what? What are you doing, man? I mean, in some of his work, me and my brother went and looked at some of his work. It was laughable. How he even got it to pass, I don't even know. But it was laughable. But he lied to get a position. And that guy had a messed up life, guys. i am tell you, he had a messed up life. Because he obviously was lying about other things as well. I mean, he ended up staying on, and he ended up getting a little bit better. (laughs) Actually pretty good. But, man, I mean, gosh, how many times did he have to probably convince the boss that he was a stare guy when he really wasn't? You know what I'm saying? So we don't want to do that, guys. We don't want to do that. We lie to get our way, but we will lose our way eventually. We lie because we think they can't handle the truth, but really you are scared to tell the truth because of what might happen. Let that sink in. Some people are scared to look at their spouse or, or their friends or their family or their co-workers in the face and tell them the bold, the truth. Scared. Why? Because you may get some consequences you don't like. But how do you... How, how many of y'all know that, man, how can we deal with a problem if we don't ever get the problem out there? I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> if my life depended on it and somebody had a gun to my face... Because I know I'm getting my for Jesus. If they pull that trigger, I'm not going to lie to get away from that bullet. And there's so many people in other countries right now that will not say no to Jesus, and they're getting their lives ripped from them right now because they're not going to live a lie. Now I'm not saying you're going to; it would come to that. But let's start practicing on the on the easy things, and then that way, if it does get a little difficult, you you can you can handle it. It ain't that bad. We tell lies to get out of the trouble. We think. We lie so they will like us. A relationship based on lies, again, is you're just gonna to have to continue to lie to keep that relationship going. Be honest with the people you're dating. Please be honest with somebody you're dating. Please. I mean, if you got a wooden leg and you, you wear a toupee, man, just tell them I got a wooden leg and I got a toupee. Okay, be real. Okay? You got false teeth? Tell people, man. I got false teeth. You know what I'm saying? I got false teeth. Be real with people. You know what I'm saying? Don't hide things, man. You know? I mean, if you've been married 10 times, we tell them. I mean, I've been married 10 times. So the percentage of us working out is not good, but I'm willing to give it a shot. (laughs) I'm saying be real. Just be real, man. I mean, just don't hide stuff. Because if you do that, you're going to have to continue down that road. Hallelujah. We tell little white lies. I don't know where they got that from. But they are the same as the big white lies. Okay. They're the same. They're the same. We will tell the truth no matter what. God is looking and we are going to please Him no matter the cost. We will speak the truth. We will not speak lies. Truth is God's language. Lies are the devil's language. Satan is the father of lies. Jesus is truth. And the truth will set you free, my friends. Lies bring bondage, but truth brings freedom. The devil wants you and me to live in bondage and fear. Jesus wants us to live in the truth and in freedom. Amen. And this is God's plan for each and every one of us. He says He wants us to trust Him and tell the truth. But if you do lie, if you do miss it, then confess to God for forgiveness and to people for healing. What do I mean? 1 John 1 9 says this. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify, purify us from all unrighteousness. This is not for Him. This is for me and you. That means when we miss it, we got to run to the Father and we got to correct it. Don't just think everything's going to be okay. Well, I'm saved by grace. I'm saved by grace. I don't have to confess my sin. Oh, yeah, you better confess your sin to a great loving God that will hit the reset button and forgive you. But don't you think you just can't, uh, you have sins in your life that you don't confess. Again, you're opening the door. You're believing a lie. He said we should confess our sins. How many of you know he's right? How many of you know, I look at this as an escape clause. This is an escape clause for all of us that may miss it. We have a way out. And before this particular, you know, if you read the whole thing, it talks about Jesus being the mediator between God and man. And but Jesus is the high priest of your confession. That means everything you confess that's on his side, he's able to direct it. But the devil can be the high priest of what you say too if it's on the negative. I'm telling you, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Man. It's, it's, you know, Jesus, I mean, God said choose. He said choose today either life or death. I've set before both of them. You choose. And he even gives us a little tip, choose life. But he says, trust him and tell the truth. But if you do lie, confess to God for forgiveness and to people for healing. In 1 John 1, 9, which we already said, he'll forgive you. James 5, 6 really stresses why we should do it to people. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Why is that? That means if you've lied to someone... Your healing is going to come on the other side of you making that right. Get it right. I mean, man, if you're talking to somebody on the phone and you hang up the phone and you know you just lied to them, you you dial that number back up. Hey, whoa, I just lied. You do that enough, you'll quit lying. I'm telling you, this is a big, big deal. God wants to get so much to his kids. But we've got to grow up and put our big boy and big girl pants on and realize we can't lie. I can't stand it when somebody lies to me. I'd rather you just walk up me and hit me in the face. Now, don't nobody come up and hit me in the face. <laughs> Brandon, he's smiling back me like, whoa, man, come on. Hallelujah. Woo. No, don't do that, okay? But you can just kind of cock back like you're going to, and then I, I can, I'll just do that, okay? But seriously, I would rather somebody really, you know, just be honest with me. Don't lie, man. Gosh, man, that's, that hurts, man, when you find out the truth later, maybe from somebody else. It just, It breaks your heart. Don't do it. Hallelujah. This is for those you hurt. Together you will experience God's grace. The devil wants you and me to live in bondage and fear. Jesus wants us to live in truth and freedom. Some here today need to confess to God your sins of lying. Now what I mean by that is no partial confession. 99% of truth is a 100% lie. Every single time. You just need to come to God and say, I sinned, I need forgiveness, I own it, I want your grace, and he will give it to you every time. Every time he will give it to you. As we close today, I want everybody to go ahead and, you know, we can cut the lights down. And I've got a little confession that I want us to confess. Because I know there's people in this room, every one of you alls (laughs) lied. We've all lied, guys. We've all lied. But I want us through this series, and we're going to be dealing with, you know, some, some issues that, you know, concern our mouth. Social media is a big one. We think sometimes we're typing words on social media and we think that that's okay. No, that that represents your mouth. And you're not going to fix the world's problems telling them about their problem. Maybe you think you will. Mm -mm. Ain't never going to happen. Those of you that are, are sharing scriptures and positive things all the time, please double down, double up. Keep sharing. Let's make Facebook a place and a platform where the Word of God dwells. We're not going to get entangled with the world's affairs. We're just not going to do it. Because what changes the world around us is the Word of God. That's what changes. If we would just confess the Word of God, I promise you, we're going to see things happen in this world. Jesus was born in one of the most suppressing times ever. He lived in Jerusalem where they were under the oppression of the Roman government. They were being suppressed. They were being trodden down by Caesar Augustus. They were treated bad. And not one time do we see a record where Jesus decided to start protesting. Let's get the rally together, guys. We're going to stand up for what we believe in. No, he just went around healing the sick, raising the dead, helping the poor, doing things like that. That's what he did. That's what he did. And through all that right there, you know what it was doing? It was changing that Roman centurion that asked Jesus to come pray for his servant. Oh, yeah. Started changing the society. Started changing things. Why? Because he took a road that nobody wanted to take. He took a road that nobody wanted to travel on. And today God's wanting us to begin that journey. He wants us to be that people that does the same thing. So let's all stand and we're going to confess this. Hallelujah. I want you to confess it boldly, guys. Because this is where lying stops today. November eleventh, two 2018. We don't lie no more. We quit lying. We don't exaggerate. We don't stretch the truth. We don't tell half truth. We don't lie. We don't lie. We don't lie. We don't lie. You need to just go ahead and hang banners up around your house. We don't lie. We don't lie. Lie. We don't lie. We just don't do it. So everybody say this after me. Say, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for lying. And I confess to you right now that my lying days are over. I will not. Lie anymore. I will only tell the truth in every situation that I'm in. Jesus, I ask for grace and strength to walk this out in my life. Satan, I will not speak your language anymore. I will only speak God's language. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me And making me new. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Just lift up your hands and worship Him. Father, we love You. We praise You. We magnify You. And we thank You for Your goodness and mercy. Oh, we thank You, Lord, that every time we fall short, every time we mess up, we can run to You and You'll forgive us every single time. Father, I pray, Father God, that as we have confessed with our mouth and we believe in our heart, we are not going to lie no more. And the Holy Spirit, I thank you for helping us and empowering us to be people of the truth with each other and those on the outside. Oh, that, Father, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you for this new series, My Big Fat Mouth, Father God. We receive the correction. We receive the direction. As Father God, we begin to put a brattle over our tongue. We begin to to, to tame our tongue in the name of Jesus because no man can tame our own tongue. We have to do it. And I believe that we have started that today. The journey of saying the right things and confessing the right things. We love you and we praise you and we magnify you in the name of Jesus. Well, guys, before we're dismissed,